how we win the dairy game with Scott Blevins. Welcome, Scott. Welcome to Dairy TV. Thank you. Glad to be here. You're the dairy and heifer director at Weesey Brothers in Wisconsin. And there's there's a great story to tell here. You started with 900 cows, a simple goal to grow the business. Now you're running a large operation with 600 cows, 6,800 heifers, and managing 72 people. How did we get to this point and what's your background, Scott? So uh, uh, it's a long story. Uh, you know, I originated from Oklahoma. I uh, went to school at Oklahoma State, um, graduated with an ag education degree. And uh, through the, the, uh, the pass of, uh, of uh, deciding not to be a teacher and a coach, uh, uh, led me back to the dairy business, which um, um, is, uh, you know, my, my, my dad put in large dairies all over the country and then also managed Brahms Dairy in Oklahoma. And that's where I grew up. Um, it's one of the first large dairies there. You know, we had, I don't know, back in the set, late 70s, 80s, 90s, we milked five, 6,000 cows. And uh, that's where I grew up. I learned how to uh, work uh, efficiently in a parlor uh, at those places. So, and um, that led, you know, through different uh, things happening in life, uh, led me back to the dairy business and I've been in managing dairies and uh, at some uh, capacity for the last um, 25 years, 20 years, 20, 25 years, the years go by so fast, but uh, somewhere in there, 20 to 25 years. Um, and so uh, I ended up here in uh, Wheezy Brothers uh, and we were 900 to a thousand cows and um, the goal was to, uh, uh, well, first let me say that uh, the dairy was owned by uh, two brothers, three brothers. Uh, actually, there were more brothers involved, but they either passed away or they've uh, retired. And now um, the two main brothers is Mark and Dave Weezy, and then they have uh, uh, two sons and a nephew and, uh, and myself. And so... Uh, um, I run this part of the business for them and have for the last almost 17 years. We started with a 900 to a thousand cows. I'll get back to that. And, uh, um, the, the, the idea was to get it up to their, uh, standards on a performance level, uh, to get it. And we did that. And then decided then the next phase was to grow it. And we grew it, uh, from that size to, um, 67, 65, 65 to 6,700 cows today we're 60 66 70 uh total cows and um um milking about uh uh well that's total lactating cows and then about 6800 heifers on feed so um um along with that uh, uh we grew uh uh part of that growth is uh growing your staff and uh and the staff uh, almost doubled uh, from where we were originally, or more than doubled uh, than where we were from originally. And uh, that creates, uh, you know, uh, half of the, uh, now I would say 80% of being successful is how you manage your people. And, um, you know, some of the things, my, my background from uh, the teaching and coaching aspects of my life were, 
very valuable because we do those same things today. And uh, um, today, Wheezy Brothers uh, farms about 7,000 acres. And, you know, there's uh, close to 12,000 or th close to 13,000 animals in the system. And uh, 72 people work on the dairy side. And then they have a couple other entities uh, from the trucking and farming. Um, and then there's also a pelleting mill that they're involved in. So that, that has another, uh, maybe another hundred employees that are on that side of it, but 72 of the almost 200 employees work for me directly. Was there an aha moment like when it all um, came together? Well, you know, um, I think we, once we realized, uh, you know, our, our, you know, some of the philosophies here are a little bit different, I think. And some people, you know, there are people, farmers that are similar to ours, but we did figure out we're efficient, uh, you know, run, you know, of so much milk per stall and, you know, and the, the amount of labor it took to, to produce that much milk out the door every day is more of what drove us or was what, what, you know, was the, uh, the thing that we uh, realized we were very good at and, uh, Instead of chasing 100 pounds of milk per cow, which we would like to be, and anybody in our business would like to be at that, averaging that every day, our, our main goal was to be efficient and be able to, to uh, and I, one of my uh, things that Dave Weezy always told us is, is we produce milk for what they're paying us to produce it for, but we want to produce, and the thing that I would add to that is that's 100% right, but we want to produce as much of it as we can. And sometimes that doesn't mean it's per cow, but how much milk we can push out the door. Maybe it's in numbers based on our size and and uh, we're able to be that efficient to get another 1,500 to 2,000 cows through our system. So that was our aha moment, moment as we were growing. We realized that uh, we could make some money by being super efficient and uh, that's so we're kind of a low input and high output of total milk shell, not so much as looking at the cow, even though we, we run about mid uh, uh, upper 80s. We milk about 800 jerseys in our uh, 6,600 gals, 800 of those are jerseys milking. So. so you're originally from Oklahoma now in Wisconsin. What's the biggest difference? Or how does it compare? Um, well, uh, you know, I've been here so so long. This this is this is how I'm my I have two kids uh, here, Wyatt and Haley, and uh, but you know the difference is is first and foremost is it gets a lot colder here than it does in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Oklahoma is more of oil and cattle, beef cattle. Uh, it's not so much a you know uh, it's it is uh, set up for dairy. Uh, based on some of the feed uh, that can be grown there. There's parts of Oklahoma that have quite a few dairy cows, but, you know, the numbers are no not do not compare to uh, Wisconsin. And being saying that, and, you know, there's so many people, uh, almost every person that you talk to either has a family member or, or they're directly involved with somebody in the dairy business whether it be in the processing side or the production side so very very uh widespread and 
you know, everyone is uh, 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 aware and uh, educated to the dairy business. And that would be uh, something that would be quite a bit different in Oklahoma. So what about the biggest opportunity and the biggest challenge about running such a large operation? Well, you know, challenges, uh, you know, I have to, when you get to a certain size, you know, first and foremost it is uh, people to run it. And when you involve more people, uh, that creates a little bit more of uh, a management challenges. But, uh, you know, that's with any industry, uh, I would say. Um, um, benefits, uh, I mean, and challenges also are when you get the – you know, when you get the size, you're, there's a, there's a stamp on you. Everyone's looking at it. And, you know, it, it, uh, uh, especially your location as uh, being at the size can, you know, a lot of people, uh, see it, recognize it. And then a lot of that is good. And some of it isn't, you know, um, but, uh, we do really well with the community and got a great reputation and, uh, we work hard at that. Um, Wheezy's have a great name, always have for many years in this area. So we hope we can carry it on with the farm and keep that uh, 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 at the level it is today. And and you know, and 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 some of the benefits uh, are you know um, we uh, you know we can control a lot of our markets and. Uh, us with uh, marketing our products and also buying some of our supplies, uh, working with vendors, uh, having the numbers uh, obviously gives you a little bit of a, a, a leverage on, on sitting at that table. Um, and that's and ultimately can uh, leads to saving money. So. So manure management is something that you're able to help producers with as well. Do you have some definitive strategies? Well, you know, I think everybody needs, is getting to that point to have some type of manure management, what we per se. But we uh, we have uh, what we do is we separate our manure uh, and uh, run it through a, a accelerated compost system comes out and at 65 to 68 percent moisture depending on the time of year and uh that goes back in for bedding it's uh sterile in the beginning uh, and obviously you know we do a lot of management with that to keep the milk quality where we keep it today um but that's that's a big i mean that's a huge thing of us it's all it's the what beds all the animals and uh and then it gives us an other outlet because we go back to some of the the challenges that you asked earlier about being this big is got to get rid of manure you know and you need the uh, space to do it and by decreasing some of that uh, being able to use it back into the uh, the system for bedding is is uh, there's a lot of benefits to that it's challenging compared to like bedding with sand because it's organic matter and it grows lots of bacteria causing organisms that uh, are the organisms that cause mastitis to the cows. So let's, let's change gears a little bit towards people management. So I think it's important yet it's underrated. Can you talk about how managing people efficiently and effectively 
are key to overall organizational success in a dairy operation? Yes. You know, I would say here's a, here's a, here's, here's a scenario or an example. And, 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 and I think I see some of this, even for us, we're always trying to improve it and be better, but I see it on a lot of operations where, um, you know, they're having challenges managing uh, different areas because you come almost departmental when you get to these, you know, get to a certain size. And, you know, and if you look at, just look at a, uh, I don't like to use the word factory, but uh, like a, like in a plant where they're, where they're making cars and uh, you have the, the one part where, or the one, uh, um, uh, uh, section of the, the assembly line where the wheel gets put on and then the car gets built and all the, the, the engine gets put in the windows and it gets painted but at the end it comes off the assembly line and then the wheel falls off but and then when that wheel falls off you know right where to go to address that so the wheel gets put on uh, correctly and it doesn't fall off at the end of the assembly line so we kind of do the same flow in the dairy business or dairy in our in our in our uh system uh you know from when that cow comes in as a fresh cow to the time she goes out as a dry cow and everything that happens in between we want really tight systems so that when that wheel isn't getting put on correctly we can go to that uh specific area and correct it and that helps maintain uh performance and keep us moving in the right direction now putting those people in place, uh, you know, uh, the biggest thing is understand your people. To know them, ask the questions about just personal things so you know those people. And then uh, try to get a gauge on what the capacity is of that person. And then, uh, then you put that person in a position to succeed. And I think that's, uh, that is a, uh, I think that's a uh, um, a scenario for most any company that's uh, having people go out and perform, and that dictates whether the company is making money or not. And uh, uh, people are are uh, people are everything to it. I mean, you know, when if without good people and good staff, and and people that are leading that staff and recognizing talent uh is uh crucial for success now what about keeping and recruiting talent i know it's a challenge in today's labor force is there anything you're doing differently or is it just the things you talked about listening putting people in a position to succeed well you know i think like with us um you always have the people that want to come and and uh uh make money and uh, and be treated with respect. So and I, I back up on that. I'll give you the three things I think are the most important things uh, to uh, provide people uh, so that they're uh, excited to come to work and they want to stay. Uh, first and foremost, we don't like to say this, but it, it's absolutely important is the money. Um, having having uh, a place uh, to be uh um, very competitive, uh, would say overpaid, but very competitive. And uh, and then the second thing is is uh, respect. Uh, you treat the people with respect. The third thing is is uh, 
Um, now, this this third one is uh, doesn't uh, apply to all people because they don't necessarily want that. They just want the money and the respect, and that's what they rather do. But the third thing is is have the opportunity to uh, move up in the company, and uh, uh, and that drives some of you know like our main people. Uh, I've said this other times. It doesn't matter if. Uh, you know, I have people, veterinarians, PhDs, uh, any, from that, to, you know, people that's had prior problems uh, in life. Uh, so all kinds. But when you work here, you start in the parlor and we start everyone there so that they understand the parlor. And, and we get a gauge of some of the things that I, I mentioned before on what kind of person we have and maybe some of their uh, work ethics, the way they think. Uh, gives us an idea of their capacity and where to place them on the farm and amongst our uh, staff. And that's crucial. So teamwork and corporate culture are important. Absolutely. Is there anything different in the dairy industry when it comes to team building, maintaining talent to other industries at all? Well, you know, you know, I, I think, uh, um, you know, the other industries, uh, you know, one thing, I, I don't know that there is any other industry that kind of, that's like us in the fact that we never shut down or seven days a week, maybe the emergency room uh, in the hospitals are the only place. Everywhere else you can at least shut down, we can. And so work ethic and the hours are, are, are somewhat, you know, because there is some parts of the dairies that, and farms and this industry uh, and other industries that it still creates some some uh, hardcore uh, work ethic to uh, make it go. And uh, it's not all ran by a computer. Or, you know, we still have to, to physically work and that that can create some uh, of its uh, challenges in today's world, especially, you know, and everybody knows where we, you know, if you compare to where we were 10 years ago. I think uh, anyone will say that that will be one of the uh, the biggest challenges uh, with people is it's making sure that we can sustain that work ethic, which is hard when it's not there in, in, like it was. So. so let's talk about milk quality. How do you specifically manage milk quality and why is it important? Well, you know, milk quality is important because uh, first, it's it's a more of a it's a healthier animal. Number two, uh, you get paid. Uh, it's a premium. We uh, you, you know that it's, it's more money to the dairy. Number three, when you look at a healthier animal, they're going to perform better. So uh, you know, and less uh, cost in the in the sick pen and things like that. And, you know, there's some absolutely financial benefits just from treatments to uh, lost milk and, and just overall performance of the cow uh, on milk production. Um, we, uh, we, 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 we bring people in, like I said, doesn't matter uh, what level of education or uh, what level of uh, work experience you've had. When you come here, you work in our parlors to learn that. If you don't understand the parlor, there's really, you know, it's, it's hard to teach people our concepts without understanding that. And during that process, one of the first things we do is we teach people to move because we have parallels, you know, we do not have rotary. So one of the uh, biggest aspects to management is that we have to move the people to move the cow. 
and that is 90% of uh, parter flow, cow flow uh, efficiencies. Uh, is getting the cow in at a safe, moving her at a safe manner and a, but an efficient manner and uh, getting her in place uh, dictates if you're going to run uh, four and a half turns an hour versus six turns an hour, you know, and that, and what dictates that's the movement of the people. Then we go from putting that at priority because if you can't move, you're not going to, it's not going to work out for either one of us. Uh, second thing would be cleaning, cleaning the teed ends. Uh, when you clean teed ends, we have a, well, uh, when we, we, we have a pretty basic uh, routine, when a cow comes in, first cow, we use a, a foaming dip. Uh, that's, and I like the foaming dip because it kind of gives a dry feeling when you wipe that instead of putting uh, either a dip cup or a sprayer on the teat. Uh, it seems to get more moisture on the teat. And, and one of the key things uh, when you attach your unit, you want that teat clean and dry. But our, what we do first uh, part of our procedures is we uh, uh, pre-dip with a uh, foamer and then we come back and strip uh, three strips on each quarter. And then we wipe front quarters, back quarters, flip the towel, hit the ends of the teats and then wipe down the center of the other. And then uh, and then we attach the unit. Once the unit is detached, then we post-dip with uh, just a basic half percent with a five percent uh, conditioner. Um, and I'm not real big on spending a lot of money and, uh, things that are magically going to fix milk quality. We have to make sure that our units are working correctly, our milking units, and they're putting on, put on a cow that's been cleaned and dried properly. And if you do those things, uh, you're going to be, uh, successful. Now, assuming that that's being done is different than making sure it's done 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, uh. And uh, that's something we monitor, you know, religiously because of the kind of bedding we we are dealing with. You know, uh, we also run a uh, uh, full uh, it's full throttle uh, microbiology lab. Uh, we have a couple of girls in there. Uh, one specifically that's been with us a long time. She's absolutely phenomenal on identifying organisms and. Uh, uh, and putting the plates uh, uh, together for me to review in the mornings. Uh, we do a lot of things in there. That's a whole nother discussion of how that lab uh, integrates into our system, but it's the forefront. It's the defense. It, it protects us dairy in a lot of ways from how we are feeding calves and how we're uh, treating cows and cows that become infected with mastitis. Uh, we, my main thing that we do is uh, we identify and isolate them until we can uh, let the natural immunity work with the cow and shed the mastitis to get her back in the lineup uh, in the pen she originated from. If she's systemically sick from mastitis, then we will look at systemically treating the cow uh, at that point, uh, but no antimammary treatments other than when we dry the cow off. So Scott, what about calf care? and your strategies okay well you know that's that's great question and uh we are one of the largest calf raising facilities in wisconsin um i have a lot of calves uh, uh we keep about 600 on milk and uh six yeah about six to and at a, at a high point we would even go around 700 but uh you know uh calf is born in maternity uh 
we uh, we designed that uh, maternity to where we could harvest the colostrum to that from the dam to the calf. So we feed a gallon within that first uh, uh, 30 minutes. I make sure that the calf gets a gallon of colostrum, and then every single calf will put blood on every single calf, and then we'll that will be ran through the lab, and we'll check the blood proteins on that to make sure that colostrum is given in a timely manner, and colostrum's been uh, uh, given at a, at, at, that is clean, clean and clean and given on time, and. Uh, those numbers will uh, indicate whether we're doing a good job with that or not. From there, we move on into a calf barn or a calf hutch. Um, at that point, we're feeding first seven days. We're going to feed a bottle. We keep the calf on the bottle uh, and, and, and immediately uh, we'll put a bucket uh, uh, in the uh, um, in front of the calf um, and a bucket holder, but we all, we got it uh, bottle racks. So, the bucket holder has just a pinch of grain so the calf can play with it, see it. So the first seven days, and then and then we also uh, put water in the other bucket for a calf at day one. And what and I and I'll explain how that benefits us in a minute. But uh, uh, the first seven days is the uh, uh, we feed uh, uh, a bottle in the morning, two quarts, and a, two quarts in the afternoon. And then uh, at day eight which they've already been exposed to the buckets, they get switched over to the bucket. And the reason I like the bottle, the first seven days, I like that natural buffer from the, you know, when the calf suck in the slobber, and that's all good stuff from a calf. And I, I just feel that we do better uh, doing it that way. And then once we switch over to the buckets, there's not much labor there because they've already been exposed from that little bit of grain, the water. So then the milk goes in there, so it's a pretty easy transition. And at that point, they will bump that milk up uh, um, to uh, three quarts. Three quarts in the morning, three quarts in the afternoon in the bucket. And then we'll run that from day eight to day 16. Day 17, then we'll go to four quarts and four quarts all the way, four quarts in the morning, four quarts in the afternoon, all the way to uh, uh, 42 days. And at 43 days, we go to once a day feeding in the morning, four quarts. And we'll run that to 56 days and take them off milk at that point, weaned off milk at 57. And the whole time uh, at 57 days, we're hopefully in that five pounds of, uh, of uh, grain intake from there. So we also work with uh, um, a veterinarian named uh, Dr. Bellner from Wupon, uh, his, Wupon Clinic, and he helps us. Their lab works with our lab training, our girls, and also looking at uh, um, some of the things that we uh, will uh, incur with calves and making sure everything is on, on pace. And also Dr. Kelly Peters with uh, Countryside Vet Clinic works with us too. But Wupon Vet Clinic has been... I didn't hit on that uh, when we were talking about the lab, but they're they've been instrumental in training and, and helping us get set up. We've ran the lab now on site for uh, almost a little over ten years now. So, but lots of great information and strategy, Scott. What about egg tech? Do you feel like egg tech? How is it affecting the dairy industry in a positive and negative way? Well, um, you know, um, as far as uh, 
technology, um, you know, we, 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 a lot of things we've talked about today is uh, we talk about our um, people and management and, and uh, you know, um, some of the things that are hard to manage on these places. And we talk about that back breaking still hard work ethic that we still need in certain areas. Uh, you know, technology with robotic milking and uh, some of the things coming up and some of the things not just coming up that are being implemented today. That's come a long ways and it's helping uh, bridge some of those uh, labor areas. We're not too much, uh, you know, we have some technology from our fee software and our cow software. And, um, you know, but as far as the parlor, I keep it pretty simple at this point. I just have take costs, automatic take costs. We milk three times a day. And, uh, you know, I don't have any other monitoring systems, but, you know, uh, I'm looking at some that are interesting. I just haven't seeing how for us as at this farm how the return comes back to us other than putting a lot of money in it and i think but i think all those questions or that question for me is starting to get answered more and more so it's becoming to to summarize uh, technology today it's helped uh leave some of the people management and it's helping some of these uh, systems run better even from heat detection to uh, rumination monitoring, those type of things. Now, I don't use those things, but I have uh, very well-respected uh, dairies that are using it. But uh, for me, it just hasn't been a fit yet. But, you know, uh, if we win or uh, if we do a uh, another greenside dairy, there'll be some more technology implemented when we do that. And I think the rotaries are a little bit... Uh, uh, they're a little bit more uh, friendlier to technology. Like I said, when one thing about our parallels is to that for, that creates or, or uh, drives uh, milk or uh, uh, part of our efficiency is cow flow, and how many cows, how uh, many turns you're going to uh, turn per hour is dictated by the flow and the movement of the cow, which is dictated by how that person moves. Well, on a rotary we can take that aspect of management out of the way and actually bring the cow to the person. So that's a big deal. So that would probably be the route that I would take on my next project would be a rotary. So you've got the tech on the farm. What about like social media or platforms like dairyproducer.com providing information? Do you feel like you're getting a swift access to information and a pulse of what's happening? Is this a benefit at all? Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, being able to to uh, um, access some of that and listen to some of the, the guys that are in the trenches and not just talking about how to manage a dairy, but they're actually doing it. I think that carries a lot of merit and be able to, you know, we don't know all those people. So being able to bridge that and and uh, focus on that as a, uh, a plat from a platform standpoint, uh, uh, can help us all uh, be better uh, coaches and managers. So final question, Scott. How can the U.S. and Canadian dairy industry work together better? Well, you know, uh, I don't want to make too many people upset about this, but I think first and foremost, we'd have to start with our both sides of the border on our government. And uh, I'm not sure that... Uh, 
that's uh, in a place where we can we're, we're mostly going to benefit, especially in the sector that we're in. But I think in any any industry, whether we're just across the border from each other or across the pond from each other, uh, I think all of us can find different uh, ways to be successful and to make money. And and uh, I think if uh, uh, if we could uh, be able to uh, use platforms like this one to uh, to see and hear what other people are doing, there's always stuff we can learn. We're learning every day, and being able to be exposed to that would be uh, fantastic. And and being that we're just across uh, the border from uh, Canada, I think that there's definitely some benefits there by being able to do that. From managing practices, feed buying practices, product, uh, 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 where you sell your product, how you promote it, all these things. So a really good recap today, Scott. We appreciate you joining us on Dairy TV. No, no problem. I'm glad to be here. This was Scott Blevins from We See Brothers.